going on 19 years. Who better to learn from? A little of his professional background. He was the head of value services at Globalcom for four years. He's now the director West Africa of Clicktel Telecoms. He got an MBA from the University of Leicester and from Lagos Business School. And he's blessed with two beautiful children. Um, I'd like to invite Mr. Sam Issa to the stage this evening. I think you can please, you might please have your seat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, if you excuse me, let me sit down here so that I can see everyone. So, okay, good, yeah. All right, fantastic. All right, um, I was just wondering what I'm going to share with you here, but it's so lovely to be here. Um, I was really wondering whether this is a typical church, you know. Thank God, God have delivered you guys from us, right? It's very beautiful. <laughs> We're very traditional where I come from. And so, sorry that my wife couldn't make it. Um, women are very good at finances, so she would have been the best one to capture this conversation this evening. Uh, but I will try to share what um, I sense in my heart is important. Um, I think the way the meeting will go, I will share probably for about 25-30 minutes and then we'll do questions and answers. Because each marriage is different, you're, different, you're dealing with different people, so um, it's very difficult for me to sit down here and capture exactly what will happen in your marriage or what is happening in some of you that are married. Uh, so I will, I will attempt to share what God has done in our lives as a couple. We've been married for over 18 years, and when we got married, I was earning about um, 25,000 naira a month, and somehow I was very generous, so I gave and gave and gave and gave. So sometimes, once in a while, my wife will come to the office, and then as soon as I get my paychecks, she would not take the money from me. Because she was afraid that I could give her the money before I get home. So, I wasn't very disciplined when it comes to money. It was a very difficult one for me. Um, and that continued for a couple of years. Uh, we got married in 1998. And as soon as we started having children, it was very difficult for us. So, I realized that it was important for me to get a, another job. Because our finances just couldn't pay our bills. I remember in, 19, in 2001, we couldn't pay um, a redeemed secondary school, primary school for our daughter. It was 18,000 naira, and we couldn't afford that. And I had to plead with the principal then that, please wait till end of the month. When I've earned my money, I will pay you the 18,000 naira. And so you can imagine, so finances are really, really very, very important to every home. In fact, the number one reason for divorce all over the world is finance. And the moment you can't pay your bills, uh, it's very difficult. In fact, the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that man shall not serve two masters, right? You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon there literally means money. So, if God were to compare himself with, with mammon, with money, that tells you how powerful money is. And he says, money is a master. So, it can rule, it can defend. Remember that money answers everything. So, finances are very important that before marriage, you must, and women are very intuitive, so they are able to pick what you do, typically cosmopolitan like Lagos, when a woman sees you, she can size you. Am I right? 
So she knows where you're coming from and she could even predict where you're heading to. Right? Though we see in part and we understand in part. So we don't know where the men are heading to but we sometimes assume that we know where they're heading to. So, so money is very crucial because um, to a large extent to a woman, the two major needs of a woman, one is security. A woman wants to know that she's secure. I've seen a lot of examples of women that were married and suddenly divorced and they were devastated. So unconsciously on the back of a woman, she needs to be sure that you can provide and you can take care of her. Now, it's good to be married for love. And you guys are used to that word very much. It's good to love someone and to be married for love, right? But behind it, you need to back it with security. A woman wants to be sure that, will this man provide for me? Will he protect me? Will he defend me? Will I be vulnerable? Or can I afford to be vulnerable? So, for a man, you must understand that for every woman you meet, that's, that's on my, her mind. Now, the Lord of, I remembered um, testimony of of my sister that's anchoring this meeting, how she, she met her husband. And those days, you know, they were willing to sacrifice and say, look, it doesn't matter. We're going to build homes together. My wife never knew what I was earning. But much, she didn't know what I was doing actually. Much more later, she discovered that I was working for an international company. But she had accepted me first before she realized what. So, what was the basis of her decision? It means that she keyed into God. So I want to leave you this, this evening with one thing that is important for you women. You must try and understand the mind of God concerning the man you want to marry. It's good to know he's going to provide, but he could get a job tomorrow and the next fall, the following day he has lost his job. Or he could be a good businessman and things will calm down and things will be shattered. It's very possible that you marry a man that you are much wealthier than him. You're richer, you're doing very well. And he's not doing very well. But I would say that that would happen for a season. Not forever. So just for a season. So that's one need. A need of a woman again that's very important. And speaking about money and security for a woman. I've seen, I have a friend that she was married to somebody in, in, in England. The marriage didn't work. And men don't provide these days. They just leave the woman with the responsibility of taking care of the family. And that for a woman is very important that men you are able to provide. And when you cannot provide, it must be very obvious that you are doing your very best to provide. And the second need of a woman is leadership. Women sense of self-esteem is enhanced when they see leadership in a man. He can lead not only spiritually, but he can lead financially. He can lead with the children. He can lead maritally. He can take leadership from the front, not behind. So it's very important, men, you understand that women are looking for leadership. That's why whenever you see leadership, women tend, the propensity for them to go closer to leadership is very high. You saw that with Jesus Christ. And you see that in church. You see, women are always gravitating towards leadership. And so it's very important that men lead. And unconsciously or unfortunately, in the last 15 years, I've noticed that men have abdicated leadership to women unconsciously. So women are getting financially independent because of the security factor, unconsciously. And their mothers are telling them, you better go back to school. You better read very well because you can never tell what the man will become tomorrow. And so you meet ladies that are financially independent, but the men are not. Because they are not as futuristic as the women. Sometimes. So leadership is very important. And men, you must understand that women are looking for leadership. Right? And wherever they see leadership, they gravitate towards it. It's very important. And a woman is not looking for a man to be only faithful, morally speaking, but faithful in providing for her. I, I've seen where 
things have broken down and man has provided us more to understand that you are equal. My wife in my home, I'm the provider by the grace of God. But I have never, never, and I will never, never, never rub it on my wife. I have a sense that God has empowered me probably because of her, because of her faithfulness. And so I cannot take advantage of my wife. I cannot insult her. I cannot undermine her. You know? So men don't ever abuse or take advantage of your wives because you're the provider. One part of a men also that women need to understand that men have a need. One of the needs is respect. So a man wants to know whether you're respecting not because of his money, but because you respect him because he's a good man, he's a man of character. And if he's honored, not because he's providing so much for the family, but the much he's doing, he's honored and respected. Men will leave anything when people don't respect and honor them, especially their spouses. And so women must understand, why have I brought this conversation? Nothing to do with money yet, because our needs would determine how money the conversations we have in our homes. Now, what are the critical areas of conversation in finances? First, our values. I want to go for summer holiday and the husband cannot afford it. I want my children to go to Dewatman at school in Abiyakuta. And the spouse cannot afford it. Or CIS, British school here. So your value system is very important. So the first level of conflict of marriage is the value system. It's not even the money. Because once you can align with your values, the Bible says that godliness with contentment is a great gain. Am I right? So once the spouses understand that my spouse cannot provide it, or the spouse, the wife, or the husband comes or especially the wife comes from a very rich family and the husband can't afford certain schools and the wife tells the husband in this family my our children go to these certain schools and so the man is under pressure to meet the need of the extended family not his immediate family and so it's very crucial that values are in alignment. That I know what my husband and So, the most important point is transparency. The Bible says that they were naked and not ashamed. So, when we got married, my wife knew what I was earning. So, it was very easy for her to know that there wasn't any hanky-panky. She knew that I was earning 25,000 naira, And therefore, she has access to that money. And so the issue of joint account, to me, to be very honest, I will recommend it to everyone here. It's very important. Would people want to take advantage of you? Yes, it's very possible. Are people sometimes very manipulative? Yes. Do people come to marriages with their barrages of issues? Yes, we all have our issues. We're from different families, different backgrounds, different schools, different cultures. So we all come to homes with issues. But if we are willing to trust God and we're transparent and we're willing to earn the trust of our spouses, then the value system becomes very the basis for which finances are discussed. You know how much I'm earning? You know that this is not a need, it's a want. So if you want the $2,000 back, I can afford it. But if you can afford it, then so be it, as long as the family is not in trouble. Now, what we teach people in premarital counseling is that the husband is the provider. So, he's the head of the family. God has blessed our men to provide. Can our women help? Yes, that's why they are called help meet. They are meant to help. So, a first level is value system. And I want to I'm being presumptuous here that the marriage is transparent. They were naked and not ashamed. Right. And men are the provider. So, 
don't get into the culture, the Western culture of 50-50. It's not God's culture. Where the man provides 50% and the woman provides 50% because she's earning. No, man. That undermines who you are before God. I've seen a lot of my colleagues in South Africa. There are a lot of divorce and the men don't earn the respect of their wives because they expect the women to provide equally. And so, if you're making demands equally, then the position of leadership is questionable. The other point is the point of trust. Now, as a trust is earned, so when you get married or when you meet a person, there's what we call imputed trust. So you trust him because he's a believer, right? But over time, has he broken that trust? Can you trust him with your finances? So if you are very extravagant or if you're a person that is not disciplined, then over time you've broken the family trust, then your wife cannot afford or your husband would not leave you with the money because he knows very well it's the amount of time you're going to waste the family finances. Another issue is the issue of power. So who controls the finances? It's possible that you earn the money as a husband, but the wife is the administrator. Women are gifted in the area of administering wealth or finances. And dealing with in-laws, my, my, my parents know very well that if you want to get anything from me, talk to my wife. The reason is that I try to protect her. They understand that she's extremely important to me. She or She's the next important person in my life after God. Not my mother, not my father. And so that's very clear. So when you, when you come to issue of finances, it's not my cousins, sisters, or mother or father. Because I understand God's covenant concerning marriage is that the husband must leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. So my parents are secondary. I told my mother immediately I met my wife and I was convinced beyond reasonable doubt that she's the woman. I told her that my mother is an illiterate. So I said, Mama, I've met someone I'm going to marry and when I marry her, you're very important to me. We'll take care of you. But she become the most important person to me after God. With respect. And my wife loves my mother. And we've been very nice to her. So, finances cannot be controlled by our parents. Or by our sisters and our cousins. It's crucial that we are in control of our finances. And we must have crucial conversation very early. The Bible said that submitting to each other in the fear of God. So, we as men, we have a high level of responsibility, not Lord and Master responsibility. God has helped us as men to lead homes, but not to be Lord and Masters and rule over our spouses. We are meant to provide. We are equal heirs of his kingdom, but we are meant to do that with a lot of humility. And so men will ask me questions over time. If you have a wife that wastes money, of course I said trust is earned over time. So first, you trust. And so when you come to the issue of conversations concerning marriage, you must never judge. Now one of the issues you have is that we're quick to condemn our spouses. You must not do that. You must engage your spouse with love in your heart. So your spouse made a mistake. She or he has broken the trust in the family. On our finances, we must engage our spouse knowing that money is a servant. Money is not the master. Money is a servant. We understood very early from Matthew 6, 24 that God compared himself with mom and money, but we know that God is our master. So money becomes a servant automatically. So we can mortgage our spouses for money. So it's important that we engage our spouse prayerfully, knowing that they've made mistakes, and but willing to forgive. Now, you're going to have misunderstanding with your spouse, whether you like it or not, because you're different human beings, especially on finances. And it's important that we must be willing to forgive even before they commit those offenses. It's very important. And 
I said that because you are the breadwinner of the home, that doesn't mean that you will lord it over your spouse. Are there situations where women are able to provide for their homes? Yes. The Bible said that women are held meet. The Bible said that Paul speaking in Ephesians chapter 5 talked about that this is a mystery. How two become ones is only God that can demystify this mystery. And so both of us must engage God. And therefore, nobody comes into marriage with an understanding. We had no clue. Recently, a couple of two, three years ago, I've been able to pay school fees for my friends that are under pressure in the excess of a million or 500,000. Remember, a few years ago, about 16 years ago, I couldn't pay 18,000 euro. So, it's a journey. But God blesses us and entrusts us with wealth. Remember in Deuteronomy 8.18, it said that so that we can establish what? His covenant. The covenant of honor and respect for each other and willing to cover the nakedness of each other. So, young ladies, are you going to meet men that are not at par or they don't cut it? Yes. But what is crucial before marriage is to understand does your spouse love God? It's his trust is in God. And the Bible said that faith without works is what? It's dead. So can I see a commensurate level of works when he talks about faith? Can I see his effort? Can I see his ability to articulate and understand things? And so those issues become very crucial before marriage. Again, I repeat the issue of values, very important. Trust, very important. What values, what do I desire? What kind of things do I want? Values of discipline, values of delayed gratification, values of um, I'm willing to be patient, values of my wife when we got married, of course, I couldn't, of course, we're earning 25,000. I couldn't afford buying her a bag of, of 20,000, right? Now she buys bags in excess of thousands of dollars, right? Now, time things changes. But she was willing to trust God that God was going to take us through the journey. I think these are the few thoughts I want to leave with you this evening. I do trust God that God has spoken to you in different ways. Thank you. Thank you very much. I recall the first time I met um, Mr. Issa. That was before I actually joined the Elevation Church. He, had, he did come to my showroom to buy furniture for his home. And I sat there thinking, wow, he's single-handedly going to buy furniture. And clearly that spoke to me. That said to me, this was a man who loved his family and wanted the best for his home. Um, so thank you very, very much. And it's been quite insightful. Um, we're going to the question and answer segment. And um, if you could kindly write out your questions, although I have a few with me that I'd like to read out. So the first question is, is there any such thing as financial incompatibility when people are dating? Wow, this, this is an interesting question, isn't it? <laughs> I stand to be corrected. I would say no, and I would say yes. So I haven't answered the question. Am I right? Now, I will say yes. Yes, there is no... Yes, there is financial incompatibility. But let me start with no. No is depending whether you're working in faith. Now, typically her, she comes from a very wealthy family. Her husband doesn't. Now, she will tell you that 
I've had a very powerful testimony. You will need to sit down with her, most of you young ladies, and listen to her. Right. If you haven't. And we're incompatible. Now let me try this question back to you. <laughs> okay. Um, no, we, we've, we've, we're not financially incompatible. Though we have our differences on how we pretty much run things, but we're not... I wouldn't say that we're financially incompatible. I think that our strengths um, pretty much um, even out the other person's excesses. That's awesome. She brought another issue about strengths and weaknesses. So it's very important that before marriage, you begin to look and evaluate your spouses to be strengths and weaknesses. So there's nothing like that. It's depending on whether you have faith. I have seen women that... And mark my word, literally train their husbands. And today the husbands are doing very well. I there isolated examples of men that were trained and they became irresponsible. Yes, I said isolated cases. So depending on the eyes you're looking at, if you have the eyes of faith, I will say no. If you're looking up to God, you saw you met a man, it's the issue, this question is always coming with women, not, not with men, because we're expecting men to be financially strong. Am I right? Yeah, so it's always with women. Yeah, A woman walks in a bank, and the guy is unemployed. But he speaks the right language of a Christian. He has the right character and the right attitude. And you like the person. And so the question will be, if he says he wants to marry you, you say, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm trusting God. <laughs> right? But then what is important in that instance is the character of the man. Are you willing to trust God with the person? So I would say no. And the other side, I would say yes. And again, I say yes because of the level of the faith of the woman. I have seen women that all they knew all, all through their lives is they came from, they went to the best schools. They, they stay Banana, let's use an example. Banana Island or Orange Island, soon coming island, right? The best. And they've inherited wealth from their parents. And here come a professional that has an old Volkswagen. And this woman is not mature in faith. So certainly there's incompatibility because she wouldn't go to Mama Put. She wants to go to the best restaurant. And you can afford it. Two ways. Either you're willing to pray to God to open her eyes of understanding so that she can humble herself. Otherwise, you're incompatible. Because when you marry her, if she agrees... She will determine where the schools the children go to. She will determine the holiday, the holidays that they're going for. She will determine almost everything. And sometimes the men feel abused, but they were not patient to build a woman's faith. We must not insult her because the wife doesn't know better. So we must be willing as men, if we're willing to marry such women, we must be willing to say, God within what period am I going to be humble and trust you to help me and also help build my wife? Have you gotten something out of it? All right. Thank you. So someone asks, what is the main responsibility of the man, especially when both work and earn? In this generation where both men and women are financially capable. So what are the financial roles for men and women in marriage? I thought I actually dealt with this particular issue when I was speaking. Am I right? Men? Are there men here? Men? Okay, I can hear you. Though you're, you're a bit dodgy this evening. Right? <laughs> Speak out loud. Men! <laughs> Alright? Men are meant to provide for their homes. That is the order of God, right? 
provide means that good question can I be specific it's very wide so let's look at the five needs of a person let me stop there so we have food shelter transportation security and what's the last thing clothing right so if the man cannot buy a Gucci bag is he a provider yes because the Gucci bag is a want, it's not a need. But if the man can afford to buy a Gucci shoe for himself, then he must be willing to save and buy a Gucci bag for his wife. Are you guys following? Right. Now, should the wife be a helpmate? That is the covenant the wife came into. Should the man impose it on her? No. The man wasn't impose it on her. He's meant, I provide for my home. My wife wasn't earning much when we got married. Now she's earning relatively well. But because I earn so much more, more, more than her, right? Um, when we go for summer holidays, I honestly give her her own pocket money and her shopping money. I provide shopping money for myself and she provides for us and she has her own savings. So my wife ends up buying more things for herself, much more than me. Men, I'm not setting you up. <laughs> I can only share what I'm doing at the moment. And it could be different with you. I'm not saying that. But the point, the question I'm trying to answer is a man must provide for his family. Are there situations that sometimes he cannot? Yes. Should the wife help him? Yes. Women must be sensitive to the needs of their husband. They were naked and not ashamed. So, Mrs. Oh, our lady, don't go and hide. Your money is not your money. Your money is for two of you guys. This is a very complex answer, right? Your money is not meant to build houses for your parents. No. It's to build that family first. And so he has access to your money as much as you have access to his money. And so we built a house for my mother. We left our father's house that he built for her years ago when we were growing. And now I'm building a house for my wife. And I'm doing it by the grace of God. But I've never rubbed it on my wife. Right? I try to assist her father who is building his own house. But I do that as God grants me grace. I don't boast about it. But I'm sharing here. And I don't ever use it against her at all. I tell my wife, look, I'm a blessed man. And so if tomorrow you meet a guy with 16 packs, excuse me, <laughs> and you disappear, I know very well that I will, you disappear with my wealth. God is able to provide for me. Men must have that concept that God is the ultimate provider. So men don't depend on your wife's money. It's wrong. Don't. Don't be like a white person. Sorry, we do. So most white men. Or Western people that said 50-50. It's not God's will. I assure you. Have I answered the question? All right. Thank you. That deserves a round of applause. Um, so, um, statistics is showing that men, women, the Nigerian woman, is more likely to divorce her husband over financial um, in a situation of financial adversity over infidelity. Yeah? And so it's like a growing concern that the Nigerian woman is very money-oriented. So the question then is um, we're speaking to both the married and the unmarried where do we draw the ambition line between contentment and ambition? We're young. We want to see all. We want to do it all. We want to discover it all, you know, all within reasonable bounds. But at what point do we push? At what point do we say, um, grow at your pace? At what point does a woman keep bailing out? So I'm asking you, 
two questions in one. Yeah. At what point is bailout, bailout becoming indulgence? This, this, this one too is a very difficult question because um, let me digress a little. About, uh, about 15, 20 years ago, I noticed there was a change in order in this country where women are, were getting financially empowered and independent. Our men were getting very lazy. And I am a man, so men, I'm not on your case this evening. Right? Are we all on the same? All right? And for me, it was very disturbing because I was at a place of prayer. I started noticing it. Now, the male child growing hasn't been given enough attention to. So, I have a 14-year-old child, boy. And I tell you, literally, every day when we're going out, we'll tell him to use deodorant. We'll tell him to use his perfume. We'll tell him to use lotion to cream his body, his face. We'll tell him to comb his hair. Every day. When I was growing, I didn't have this privilege. My father never bothered about me. Because I'm a man. When we grow in, our parents were more worried about the female child because they didn't want shame. That a female child will be pregnant outside. And that was a serious, was a taboo when I was growing. So the female child was taught very early. Once she got to an age... She started seeing her, mon- her menstrual cycle. She had a better understanding of life than the male child. So, my daughter is, 40, is, is 17 now. And at the age of 13, she started talking about marriage. Men at 22, 23, they, they are not thinking about marriage. Right? So, she gets to 22, 24, and she meets a man. That is 25, 20, 27. He's still not thinking about marriage. So the male child has not been taught properly about responsibility. And so it's a very serious issue. And so if you bring down to our national issues and discourse, those, those, those are the issues we have. The issues of corruption and greed. And it's all because of that. The family values has been broken. So, I give you that sort of just to give you a bit of history, a bit of context, where we're coming from. And now it's getting bad. If you sit down and take a statistic of people sitting down here, most of the ladies here know what they want to do. They know what they want to become. They know who they want to marry. With due respect to the men here that are single. No? (laughs) Praise the Lord. A lot of them don't know. And it's not their fault. It, it, it's a very bad situation. So my wife keeps on pushing me. Who are you mentoring? I said, I have a problem with time. So I said, many men that are chasing me, I said, if you can chase me and catch me, we'll talk. Right? And so, but so, so, so women, those are the issues. So most women marry men that are, for the lack of a better word, for them are not ready for marriage. They cannot take care of themselves very well. Talk less of taking care of another woman. So, ladies, I want to encourage you this evening. You've got to be ready. If you want to marry in this age, make up your mind that God helped me to take care of my husband. I mean what I'm saying. I'm not joking about that. I respect the men here, but I really mean it. Right? Because the women have things figured out. They know where they're heading to. Most of them have MBS. Most of them are thinking of what to do next. They're saving. And honestly, the men are not. So, I bring that now to marriage issues. How long do you bail out a man? It's a very serious issue. Men you will be important and I use some word carefully 
are not don't mean biologically important. You will be important, an important man, if you do not, if your wife continues to bail you out. You won't be able to reproduce and be fruitful. Because unconsciously, there are certain men that have accepted that as a way of life. I know of a man that comes from a rich family in this city. And his wife married to a lady that is not a Nigerian. Because he was indulged by his parents, he never understood responsibility. Now he's out of job. The wife has been providing for all he God knows. And all he has is that his father. It's history. That's all he has. So, I would encourage our women to be very prayerful. It's a very difficult one because God doesn't love divorce. God hates divorce. And so, our ladies, you must be prepared to pray and challenge the men. And sometimes, it's very bad when you also have men that are not providing and then they are totally irresponsible. And also, they abuse their spouses. So, they take their frustrations on their wives. It's, 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 it's that bad. And sometimes we advise for temporary separation. Because once you start abusing a woman physically, then it's very dangerous. At that point, we said the woman should stay for a while and trust God. I hope I've answered the question. It's a bit difficult question, right? God has divorced. That's one thing. Thank you. What do you do when you have a boyfriend that can give all his savings to, in quote, help someone? How do you trust and build confidence in his ability to provide? Isn't it safer not to have a joint account since you're unsure he may just give his, all his money away? I was said to answer the last question, yes, it's safer not to have joint account. Respect and trust is earned. So if over time, while courting, you discover that he is financially irresponsible, then he can be responsible right. So it's only fair that you help him. That you have proven that you are not financially responsible or physically responsible. We won't give you money. And God doesn't trust people that are not responsible. I hope you know that. The parable of the sower. The man that was given only one talent was making excuses. And God took it from him and gave it to the one that had five talent and told him that go and rest you faithful servant. So faithfulness is crucial in marriage, faithfulness in the area of finances. So if you prove and it's actually, excuse my Latin, it's actually nonsense. When a man starts to use God, that he's supposed to take care of his family and that he put all the money that God told him, God is not irresponsible. And then the wife now starts begging for money. It's totally wrong. It's not God. It's not God. Where you take the finances of the family and you go and give it out to someone and you use the name of God, you're lying. Because the first call of a man is to take care of... God doesn't need your money. God needs you to take care of someone. But the first call of a married man is to take care of his family. He said the man that cannot take care of his family is an infidel. Thank you. Something you had said earlier, you said um, back in the days, um, money was not... And it wasn't on the cards at all. If two people loved each other, they'd go ahead to get married. Um, can we say the same for today? One lady said fire there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say yes. I, I, I would is, say... Is love enough? I would say no, it's not enough. Because um, when we were growing, my, my, my father was... Like a demigod, right? Because he was a provider of salt and pepper. Now, the female child, like I told you, the last 20 years, she knows what she wants in life. She is trained. She has the abilities. So the question would be, why should she marry a man that would be a liability to her? That's a serious question. Now, I said, if the man has faith and if the works we see reflect the faith then I said the woman is willing to take a journey 
right? So in this age, there are few ladies that marry for love. But then that love is not the love of the flesh that when we're growing. The love of God. And that every faith, faith is based on love. So when you, when, when, when you have faith without love, it's empty. So the basis of faith is love. So when you have love, then you can have faith. So if she has love and faith, yeah, there are women that marry for that reason. And they see clearly that this man loves God. He has faith and we can see his works. He's not a lazy man. He's not a gold digger. He's not taking advantage of me. But I can see if he had his way, he wanted to be better than where he is at the moment. And he would take care of me. And we see that not in the man that earns millions of naira. When a man that earns 100,000 naira, can he buy a gift of 5,000 naira or 10,000 naira? And this is very important, ladies. You're quoting a man that cannot give. I'm, you, you should begin to doubt him very well. He cannot use spiritual reason for not giving. Because money is the life of a man. I hope you know that. When you die, they said that he lived from when? Now, when you go to work, what do you exchange? Your time, right? So, time is money, right? That's what you do. So, when man gives you money, to be honest with you, he's giving you life. So, when a man doesn't give you his money, and you're courting him, doesn't give you a gift, you're not sure whether he is willing to give his life. Don't worry, men, the Bible said that you must be willing to lay your life. I hope you know that. Right? It says, women submit as what? As unto the Lord. And say the man must do what? Love your wife as what? As Christ loved the church and he did what? And he laid his life. Now this is a more serious teaching when I have time to teach. Right. So men must be willing to lay their lives. So finances become secondary. So that's why my wife has access to everything. To everything you can imagine. And I told her that have it because I know she's more important than money. Money is secondary. Thank you. What are the factors, the key factors that qualify a man for marriage? Should he have a house? Should he have had a, a car? What are the things, what are like the, the basic things that he should have before he starts thinking of marriage? I think it's, it's important because we, we're not teaching outside, we're in the church. I think it's important that the man knows God and fears God. He knows God and fears God. There are two different things, right? People have Bible knowledge of God, but they don't fear God, right? So, we need to see his character, right? The Bible said, by their fruits, we shall know them. Is he a consistent liar? You know? Is he a consistent 419? Does he consistently give excuses, Right? Does he love his parents more than you over time and you can see and prove that? Because the Bible said a man must be willing to leave his father and his mother. We all love our parents. I love my mother. She's still alive. I take care of her, right? But certainly sure I love my wife more than her. She knows it. There's no doubt about it. And that's very important to women. Women, men, women understand that very early. But then should the women love also their parents more than their husbands? No. So the first thing in a man is that first he loves God and we begin to see the character. He's not a perfect man. He, we're all work in progress. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, we with our unveiled faces beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being changed from glory to glory even by his spirit. So we have been transformed. So we need to see that the man is on a journey of faith. His, his character is changing. It's one. Two, very importantly, he should be doing something. I said he should be doing something, right? That he can provide for his family. Now, are there isolated cases of men that cannot provide for the young woman? There are. They don't have a job. I use an example of women that are married, people that don't have anything to do much. They are unemployed. People from universities, they're in love. They served together. They went to law school. The guy doesn't have much at that time. But there's faith. 
She has seen the character. Women are very intuitive. So they can see a man that responsible. When you hear a woman marries a man that is irresponsible, she knows what she's doing. Because she has seen it. She knows that this guy is dodgy and is lying. <laughs> so when you see that they're having issues after, she knew she was not desperate to get married. So I assure you of that. Right? I've seen cases of, of, of women like that. And then later they tell me that they actually married the man themselves. They paid for everything. And now the marriage is broken. So we must see a man that is, he doesn't have, but is willing to provide and we can see the character. But I would recommend a man that can provide for his home. I didn't say he can provide all her wants. He can provide her needs. Shelter, right? Food, right? Clothing, right? Security, right? Transportation. Those things are very basic. He should be able to provide for his family. Not perfect at her own level sometimes, but he can provide to a certain extent. Um, to wrap up, if there are no other questions, I, have, I had a scenario where um, someone had called me up and had said um, they were just about to get married and the guy was excited and he had said, guess what, I just paid for a place in Lecky and um, the person in question was very disappointed and um, she called me up on the phone and said, my goodness, I'm moving to Lekki. I've lived in Ikoi all my life, you know. And, um, I mean, this is a true life story. She'd always lived in Ikoi. And to her, Lekki was, I mean, at the time I was, um, um, uh, this, we had this conversation, they were constructing the road, the Lekki Express. And so in her head, it was traffic and, you know, and, you know, she just was very broken. I'd like to ask, um, it's no fault of hers that she's been sheltered and pampered and she's been um, used to the good things of life. She's marrying a responsible man and he's um, doing the best that he can. But there are just certain things that are strange, you know. Um, another situation was when it was time for them to go on their honeymoon and he'd paid for an economy class. And truth be told, she doesn't, she'd never flown even business. She'd always flown, flown first. So what is, I mean, clearly already the, the foundation for issues have started, you know. What are they to do? Um, it, it's, it's a very difficult one. Um, the reason being that the Bible says that if the foundation be faulty, what can the righteous do? So, I talked about values. So, during dating or courting, the man should have known very well. That, and we shouldn't blame the woman that much. Because it's, it's, it's easier to just blame her, right? But she doesn't know better. Now, if we as men, during courting, we are not willing to invest in our spouses to be, or our friends, you know, right? We're not going to invest spiritually, then we're going to face these issues. Because the woman should understand humility, right? She should know that I have seen this thing. You should have crucial conversation that, sweetheart, I've seen this about you. I love you. You are awesome. But this is an issue. Are you willing to, 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 to be confronted? Are you willing to adjust, right? And it's left to her to say, so that no. Right? Now, if you haven't invested during courting, and you now got married, and you're under pressure, you would be under pressure. Right? But if you're willing to invest, and say, sweetheart, I've seen this, and that's where, ladies and men, you've got to be very honest during your courting. You've got to be very honest. The men, you've got to be honest. I don't like this about you. I've seen these issues. I don't know. I've seen that you are not spiritually strong, but I'm willing to invest. And that you are willing to invest in character. It's important you invest in character of patience, gentleness, joy, peace, contentment. This contentment is not one of them, or the fruit of the spirit, but it's a very important teaching in the Bible. So you teach the, the, the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5, blessed and merciful for this. Now, as a man, you're going to be priest over your home. It's important that you teach your spouse or your wife. Or during counseling, 
you are able to invest. And so, those couple, back to your question. I think the man must now be humble to teach his wife. Don't worry, he's married. The Bible said to men that we present our wife, we should wash them by the washing of the word. And so that we present them before God without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. It's a lot of work. When I was courting my wife, I read that Bible, I said, God, I have lots of blemish. How do I present my wife without blemish? But that's the amount of work men God has given us. It's serious work. And so the man cannot throw the baby and the bad water together. He must label to teach his wife. She's going to grumble throughout the trip, but he must have said, I'm sorry. This is all I can afford. Right? But it's, it's cheaper for him to get angry. It's very cheap. I said, ah, she's not responsible. She doesn't respect me. You knew where she was coming from. She doesn't know better. Right? So, and all of us can sit down here and say, oh, she's a proud woman. She doesn't know better than that. That's all her life. If we don't invest in her, right, and teach her, right, and let her see that you don't have it, but you're honest. Women, no woman goes into a marriage and she wants a divorce. No woman. No woman. And so she followed that guy. She knew all that he could afford. She knew. But she was willing to follow him. Sometimes because she had no option, that was the best. Let's, let's, let's leave that again. You know, it's not a conversation now. But women don't marry men, right? The man married her. He should pay the price. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are there any other questions? Okay. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I, I can't add much at, at, at this time, but I, I really would love that men um, build themselves. Men have to work very hard. The issues of marriage, honestly, I tell my wife, when marriage goes up and down, and that's me, I didn't say the Bible, it's the fault of the man. I said, the woman, she could be a witch, right? Or a devil, or the daughter of Jezebel. If a man can trust God, if a man can walk with God, darkness will never overcome light. And I say this to men to encourage you because I walk in it, right? If we're willing to lay our life like the Bible says, then we're able to redeem our spouses. Your wife-to-be, you're able to redeem her if you're able to lay your life. And then you begin to go to scriptures. The Bible said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abided alone. So the process of marriage is, when you get married, guys, you must die. Because... You as man, you are the leader, you are going to be vulnerable. All this that men don't want to be vulnerable is a lie. You can't be a leader except you are vulnerable. Right? You must be willing to say, my wife, this is who I am. My wife talks to me when I got married to her. I'm much older than my wife. Right? And she couldn't speak to me when we got married. I had to institute meeting every month. I instituted monthly meeting in my home because I wanted my wife to speak. But now she speaks more than me. So I say, you, have, you don't see me finish. <laughs> right? But that's the price you have to pay. And once she speaks, now she blesses people. Right? Because you have to pay that price. And she becomes who she, God wants her to be. And sometimes, you know, I lost my job in 2002. And I was paid about 3.7 million naira. And my wife was doing her master's. It's about 14 years ago. I got my MBA about 8 years ago. I didn't have an MBA then. I lost my job. I was paid 3.7 million naira. My wife, I had to pay her. One of her master's due was $3,000 that time. And I was having a check of 3.7 million, my pay package, because I was forced to resign. And I told my wife, I'm going to pay this school fees for you. My wife said, no, that's all we have. We were living in Abuja at that time. I said, sweetheart, it's possible that I was fired because God wanted me to pay this fees. 
There was no way on earth would have paid $3,000 at that time. No way. I was earning only 50,000 naira a month. My wife was a teacher. She was earning about 18,000 naira. Impossible. So I told her, maybe for this reason I was fired. Guys, it's not that very easy, right? right. We had my daughter who's 17 now, schooling in England. And we, and we had my, my son who was just a month old when I was fired. I was forced to resign. And I forced her and I paid the school fees. Now, guys, in retrospect, I have seen the blessing of that investment. I honestly never knew until about six months or about a year ago we were talking about it. My wife finished her master's degree, got an international, to work in international schools. My children, right from when they were one, they've been to international schools that there's no way I would have afforded that because of the master's degree that she had. All through their life, they've been to the most expensive schools. And because they got about, I got about 70 or 80% discount because she's teaching in those schools. Those are the, well, when I was doing that, I, I never knew. I never knew when I was doing that. And so, men, I'm t- talking about laying your lives. It's not that cheap. So, women will abuse it. But your trust is in God and not in man and not even in your wife. But as long as you trust God, the Bible says that those that trust in God would never be ashamed. God bless you. Thank you.